Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you. Oh, church, don't you know that Jesus has walked into the room of your heart? It's no longer you that live, it's Christ who lives in you. Praise the Lord. Jesus, thank you for walking into our hearts. Thank you that you are present. Thank you that wherever you are, it is holy ground. We thank you that when you walked into our hearts, everything became holy. Because your word says, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And we thank you for that. We thank you for peace that passes understanding. We thank you that wherever you are is peace that passes understanding. It doesn't matter how much turmoil is around us. It doesn't matter how high the waves. It doesn't matter how much the wind is whipping around. Jesus will stand there and raise his hand and say, Peace, be still and everything will be still. Thank you, Jesus. When Jesus enters into our hearts, He comes with healing in His wings. Because the Word says, by His stripes, we are healed. So church, accept the healing that He has for you. Embrace it. Because you are a child of the Most High King. He has brought you healing. He has brought you peace. He has given you everything that you need that pertains to life and godliness. Every promise is yes in Christ Jesus. Jesus is the shepherd, the good shepherd, and we shall not want. He leads us beside the still waters. He causes us to lie down in the green pastures. He restores our soul. He leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And he says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. Thank you, Jesus. Reach over to the, your neighbor, grab their hand, and agree with me now. Lord Jesus, we speak to all of the disease and say that the disease must flee. We speak to the demonic that must flee at the name of Jesus. And we speak health, we speak wholeness, and we speak holiness into our loved ones, into our neighbors, to our friends, to our fellow workers, all those that need to be made whole. I ask you to put their hearts together and make their hearts whole and come in to the room of their heart.
and dwell there, abide there, make your home in our hearts. We worship you, we adore you, we thank you for spilling your blood, Lord Jesus, to set us free from the law of sin and death. And we look to heaven and we are expecting your return. And we look with great anticipation. And in the meantime, we are going to stand with all the armor that you've given us. And having done all, we will stand. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He's good, isn't he? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm so thankful for the rain. Amen. Before I came tonight, uh, Jeannie said to me that um, uh, somebody had told her that there was a chance of flooding. I didn't know that. But I think that the Sabinal River could stand a little bit of a flood. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Well, what I want to do tonight is uh, just talk a little bit about something that the Lord gave me this week. Um, And the title could be The Voice of God. And the way that this happened was, I think about five days ago, I was having my quiet time. In the morning, uh, somewhere between probably 6, 6.30, I uh, brew up a great big old cup of coffee, fresh ground, hot, steaming, and it's in a great big old mug about this big. It's got a, got a bronc rider on the side of it, and he's got a coffee cup in his hand. And uh, I take that with me into my, um, into my library, and I sit down, and uh, it's just Jesus and me. It's quiet. It's still dark. And uh, about five days ago, I opened up in my normal uh, progression through the Word, I read it from cover to cover. When I'm done, I start again at the front and go to the back again. And I was in Psalm 29. And I don't know how many times I've read this psalm. But um, the Lord spoke to me powerfully in that quiet moment. And He talked to me about His voice. And, and the reason for that is because I'm going to read these verses because you could call Psalm 29 the voice of the Lord. You could title it. You could put a, a big old title right at the top, the voice of the Lord or the voice of God. So I'm going to start at verse 3 and um, just let this soak into you as I read it. This is in the New Living Translation because that's what I read out of. The voice of the Lord echoes above the sea. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty sea. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord splits the mighty cedars. The Lord shatters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon's mountains skip like a calf. 
He makes Mount Hermon leap like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with bolts of lightning. The voice of the Lord makes the barren wilderness quake. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists mighty oaks and strips the forests bare. In His temple, everyone shouts, Glory! Because of the voice of the Lord. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. And I was overwhelmed that morning. And I pondered this about the voice of the Lord. And I meditated on it. And I considered it. And days went by. And I go on a prayer walk every day. And I was talking to the Lord about this. About the voice of the Lord. And then a few days later, I'm in Psalm 33. And verses 6 and 9 captured my attention. It says, The Lord merely spoke, and the heavens were created. He breathed the Word, and all the stars were born. For when He spoke, verse 9, For when He spoke, the world began. It appeared at His command. That's the voice of the Lord. He spoke, and the world appeared at His command. I was thinking today when William Shatner went up in the Blue Origin and went 64 miles up to the very edge of space, and they could see the globe stretched out below them. And it's that very same globe that appeared at His command. That's the voice of the Lord. So as I was thinking about these things, the, the Holy Spirit began to download verses to me, verses that I've known, verses that I've, that I've chewed on many and many a time. And one of these was, was um, it, it, they're spread out through the Gospels, but I'm just going to give you the, the, the circumstances when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River. And when he rose from the water, a voice from heaven spoke and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. The voice of God. And then again, uh, when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration, and a glory cloud covered the mountain, and out of that glory cloud came a voice, and that voice said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear Him. And when I thought about these verses, my heart started beating faster to think about these moments when God is testifying to His Son who He sent to be the Savior of the world. And the voice of God booms out and says that He is well pleased with His Son. And then, I thought about Acts 9, 4, and 5. This is when 
a man by the name of Saul of Tarsus, is on his way to Damascus to imprison Christians. And on that road, a a brilliant light, we could say it's an unapproachable light, shone about him, knocked him to the ground. And in verse 4, it says, He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked, and the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. And then a chapter over in Acts 10, Peter is on the rooftop of Simon the Tanner's house, and it's lunchtime. And they're preparing a meal, and Peter's stomach is grumbling. And he falls into a trance, and he sees a sheet let down from heaven by the four corners, and it's filled with animals and reptiles and birds. And it says in verse 13, Then a voice said to him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat them. No, Lord. Peter declared, I have never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure and unclean. But the voice spoke again. Do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. So the voice of God thunders. It is powerful and it's majestic. And he calls out, Saul of Tarsus, and makes him Paul, and sends him as a missionary to the Gentile world. He calls out Peter by his majestic and powerful voice, and he goes to Cornelius, and the entire household of Cornelius is baptized in the Holy Spirit, and then baptized in water. They are all saved. Gentiles. And Peter knew that this gospel message was for everyone. By the voice of God. So these are, these are big events uh, taking place. But what about us? You know, you might say, uh, well, I'm not Paul. And I'm not Peter. Well, let's look at John 10. The Gospel of John 10, verses 3 through 5. This is the New Living. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, the shepherd, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he's gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from here because they don't know his voice. So we are the sheep of his pasture, and we follow him because we know his voice or we should. Revelation 3.20, 
in the New Living Translation, says, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Jesus is speaking this verse to a church called Laodicea. Laodicea is also known as the lukewarm church. And he is saying, look, I stand at the door and knock if you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will have intimate communion with one another. We will be friends. We will be together. But the, but the um, dependent clause here is if you hear my voice. If you do not hear his voice, then you cannot have intimate communion with him. I've led many freedom prayers, and um, oftentimes I will say to the person there uh, for uh, prayer, I will say, what is the one thing that you would like Jesus to do for you tonight? And often I will get this answer. I want to be able to hear his voice. Isn't that amazing? And sometimes I want to say, well, you've come to the right place. But, uh, but that's what happens in freedom prayer is it's an opportunity for people to hear the voice of Jesus. And guess what? They open the door, and he comes in, and he has fellowship with them. Amen? Okay. So, if, if we are going to spend time with Jesus and walk with Jesus, and Jesus is going to make his home in our heart, then we have to be the sheep that hear and know his voice. So what I want to go over in the time remaining is what prevents us from hearing his voice. I've got four points, and the very first one is one that you probably could come up on your own, and the first thing that will prevent you from hearing his voice is unconfessed, unrepentant sin. Isaiah 59.2, it's your, God is speaking here, it's your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he has turned away and will not listen anymore. Unconfessed, unrepentant sin blocks our communion with him. He does not hear us and we will not hear his voice. So we're going to find out how to remedy that in a moment. Number two, what prevents us from hearing his voice? The noise of the world. I'll give you an example. I have a, I have a high-frequency hearing loss from flying military aircraft for many, many years. And, um, and so when Jeannie and I are driving... 
uh, and all of the road noise associated with the driving, if she's sitting over here and she's speaking to me, I can hear that she is speaking, but I cannot understand the words. Because the road noise has attenuated the words, and it, and it prevents my distinguishing one word from another one, and I have no idea what she is saying. And that's the same thing that happens to us in the world. We have all the noise from the world that is cluttering our life, and we cannot distinguish the voice of the Lord. The parable of the sower. Remember the seed that was thrown and cast into the thorny ground and that sprung up, but then the thorns choked it out. And Jesus says, those are the cares of the world. And the cares of the world prevent us from hearing His voice and prevents us from going on to maturity and bearing fruit. We're, we're compelled by the tyranny of the urgent. We are bombarded every day. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. And things that are clamoring for our immediate attention, we tend to look at those at, for, with the neglect of what is even better. Because the world is pouring on any kind of confusion, noise, distraction to get you off from hearing God's voice. Mark 6.31, this is an example of Jesus knowing this dilemma, and he says to his disciples, they've just come back from going out two by two and preaching the gospel and healing, and, he, and then it says, then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this, because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. So even in the, in the, in the time, say, of ministry, you can let everything bombard you and distract you from hearing that still, small voice. The noise of the world. Number three inattention or not paying attention how many times frankie did your teachers say pay attention the phrase take heed occurs 64 times in the new king james or the king james i didn't look it up in the new king james but in the king james version take heed occurs 64 times and the the word for take heed means Pay attention. What I'm about to say is really, really important, so take heed. Pay attention. And here's why this is important. Because you cannot renew your mind if you're not paying attention. Romans 12.2 says, do not be conformed to this world. We talked about the noise of the world. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that you may prove what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You cannot renew your mind if you're not paying attention. And I'll give you a, a, a scientific example. An experiment was done with some uh, monkeys, and they actually 
uh, were presenting different uh, frequencies of vibrations to two fingers. So, and they were training the monkeys to distinguish as they changed the frequencies, that, to distinguish between those frequencies. Well, those frequencies that they were feeling in their fingers were actually forming new tracks in the brain. So neurologically, they were forming new pathways in the brain that enabled them to distinguish those frequencies. How, they took another set of monkeys and they were giving them the same frequencies on their fingers, but they distracted them by playing musical tones. And if they paid attention to the tones, they got a food reward. So they were getting the same vibrations to their fingers that these other monkeys were, but they were distracted and they weren't paying attention to it. They were attending to the tones for a food reward. And guess what? They didn't change in their brain. So if we are not paying attention to the voice of the Lord, then we are not going to renew our minds. Fourth, being spiritually deaf. This comes from Hebrews 5, 11 and 12. This is in the New Living Translation. There is much more we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's Word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. Spiritually deaf, spiritually dull, not listening. And I'm grieved to say that the church is filled with babies in this category because they have not sparked the zeal for the Lord they don't practice the paying attention they haven't closed out the noise of the world and they have become spiritually dull and don't seem to listen and that's what we get so those four things there are more that would prevent us from hearing his voice but I think those are the four important ones that we need to attend to so now, let's talk about how to hear his voice. So, if sin blocks our communion with God, unrepentant, unconfessed sin blocks our communion and keeps us from hearing his voice, then number one, in order to hear his voice, we need to, be, we need to repent of sin and be filled with the Spirit. 1 John 1, 9, if anyone will confess his sins, God is faithful and just to forgive his sins and cleanse him from all unrighteousness. So, confession and repentance is good for the soul. Over and over, you can read in the Psalms where King David talks about when he did not confess his sin, and what was happening in his body, and then he confessed his sin to the Lord, and he got a new heart and renewed a right spirit within him, that's what we need to do. 
And not only that, Ephesians 5.18 says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So, confess, repent, turn around. I'm not doing that anymore. Be cleansed from all unrighteousness. And then, in turn, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Jeannie and I call this spiritual breathing. It is blowing out all of the sin, confessing the sin out, and breathing in the Holy Spirit. Spiritual breathing. And Jeannie is fond of giving this analogy that some people are like a lizard on a hot rock, where they're going... (laughs) Until we become to that point where our breathing will be very slow because we are not sinning habitually and we are constantly filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? That would, you might call that, that mindful breathing, that heartfelt breathing where you slow your breathing down and breathe in and out and you're constantly filled with the Spirit. And you will hear his voice. Number two, tune out the noise of the world. We have got to take this one seriously. Examine your life. Where is the noise of the world creeping in? It can be subtle, or it may be, like once upon a time for me it was television, and uh, Jeannie arrived there, sooner than I did, because I was, I was callous. I was, um, I, I was not sensitive to what I was letting in. And, and then I was convicted and I began to tune out that noise of the world for me. So what is it? Social media? TV? Um, too many activities? Are you a Martha that's in the kitchen throwing the plates around while Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus? So determine in your heart not to let those thorns and thistles crowd out and prevent you from going on to maturity and fruitfulness in the Lord. Turn it off. Turn out the noise. Turn it off. 1 Thessalonians 4.11 in the New Living Translation. So Paul is writing to the Thessalonians, and he says, Make it your goal to live a quiet life, minding your own business and working with your hands, just as we instructed you before. And that goes hand in hand with Romans 12. Two, not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Which brings in number three, pay attention. You have to have a quiet time where you can renew your mind. Where you can listen to his voice. Like I did that morning when I read Psalm 29. And I was overwhelmed by the the measure of his voice. 
And then once you listen to him and what he's saying to you, either through the word that you are reading or by the Holy Spirit speaking into your spirit, then you respond, respond back to him in prayer. It's a two-way conversation. He speaks to us, we respond back to him in prayer. And we talk to him about it. That's where he's sitting at the, the, the dinner table with you and you're having a meal together as friends because you heard his voice and you open the door and you let him in in your quiet time. And it's called quiet time because you need to be quiet in order to hear his voice. Because it might be that still, small voice that you want to hear. You will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it whenever you turn to the left or to the right. It's that voice that is directing you. I'm currently doing some continuing medical education, and a couple days ago I listened to a physician in the UK. She's a general practitioner working for the National Health Service, and she was talking about how we as physicians can enable people to um, do behavior change or lifestyle changes. And she had a little acronym called Blend It. I won't go over everything, but the one thing I want to touch on is the L in Blend was look and listen. And she said, as a physician, you need to engage with the patient and look at them and listen to what they are saying. And she said this, and it really stuck with me. She said, what color are their eyes? That means you have to look at the person. You have to look at their face. You have to look at their eyes. You have to discern the color of their eyes. And immediately I thought about Hebrews 12.2 that said that we are to fix our gaze on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. That is how we run the race with endurance. And so you know what we can do? You want to hear his voice? Then look and see what color Jesus' eyes are. See him. Yearn for him. Throw your arms around him. Say, Jesus, speak to me. Let me know your deepest heart longings. That's where I want to be. And fourthly, study and apply the word. Don't just settle for reading and leaving. Study. Pastor Robert used this verse. Oh no, I think it was Ivan that used this verse. I can't remember now. But study to show yourself approved. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So you have to study the word. 
don't be lukewarm. Because Jesus said about the Laodiceans, you are lukewarm and therefore I will spew you out of my mouth. We cannot afford it in these days and in these times to not be studying and applying the Word of God. It is eternal, it is true, and it is unchanging. So, some years ago, I actually put a study together um, that I actually have a copy here tonight on the take heed the take heeds that are in the Bible, um, and I put, I put some of them together on a sheet of paper, and they're just verses, and you can study the take heed verses. Pay attention. What do you want me to pay attention about? That's what I'm showing you. And then on the back, conclusions and application, and you can apply the Word to your life and understand exactly what the Lord is saying about what we need to be attending to in these days and in these times. Amen? So, repent, be filled with the Spirit, tune out the noise of the world, pay attention to what is going on, have a quiet time, study and apply the Word, and I, I tell you the truth, you will hear the voice of the Lord all the time. He will be your friend. He will be in you. He will live his life in you. And you will be constant companions. Amen. So Father God, I thank you for this word that you just sent to your church. I thank you that that you make your voice known. You are speaking to us daily. You are calling out to us. You are giving us wisdom and knowledge and understanding, discernment, insight, and good judgment. You help us to know what is right, just, and fair, and you show us how to make the right decision every time. That's what your voice does. And I thank you that you are doing that and you are raising your church up today to be the church. And we will see signs and wonders and miracles because the sheep follow the shepherd because they know your voice. Thank you, Father. Thank you for all the gifts tonight that are coming in for the sake of your kingdom. And I ask you to multiply the gifts in order to do the work, because we pray that your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And we pray all of these things in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Be blessed, church.